I will ask them more difficult questions than personal questions. I want to know what's going on in their personal life because what's going on in their personal life and what they want from their own personal dreams will allow me to determine if they are fit for our culture and company anyway. You are listening to Running Remote, a podcast about building and scaling effective distributed teams. Join us as we dive inside the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. They've thrown out the traditional rules and business textbooks and are actively finding new ways of organizing their teams, driving productivity, and scaling their growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. Today's episode is brought to you by Running Remote, the world's largest remote work conference held in beautiful Bali, Indonesia. Check out the speaker lineup at runningremote.com and get 20% off your conference ticket for being a Running Remote podcast listener. Simply use coupon code IRUNREMOTELY and your 20% discount is automatically applied. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Running Remote podcast. I'm Stephanie Burns, your host. And with me today, I have my good friend, Emmy Tariq, the founder and CEO of Webmetrics. Hey, Emmy, how are you? I'm doing incredible. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. Before we get started today, I was hoping you could give us some background on you. Sure. So I was born and raised in London in the United Kingdom. And I moved over to the United States when I was 23. And basically, when I came to the United States, I had no option to do real estate anymore since I didn't have a social security number or a green card. So I went to a man named Bob Potter. And Bob Potter put me into marketing. And then the rest is history, really. <laughs> well, that sounds really easy. I'm sure it wasn't that easy, though. No, it wasn't. It was hell. To even get to the United States, I got rejected from a visa twice. Oh, and then no. I had to get lawyers involved so I can get in because I had too many properties in my name, is what was said to me. Oh, my goodness. Really? in Back in the UK? Yes, back in the UK. How funny. That's interesting. I've never even heard of that. So give us some background on Webmetrics. So Webmetrics, what it is, it's a repetition management SEO traffic conversion company that focuses on driving revenue and building your reputation in Google. I like to focus more on the reputation side personally in my company because I personally believe your reputation is everything. Right. And so tell us a little bit more about how you do that. So one of my favorite things that I always tell people to do when they work with me is get an ink verified profile. It is $50 and it's an incredible link and you can create what I call a hub, meaning you can put multiple links within it and you can create other hubs as well, like YouTube. In the about section of YouTube, you can put more links to it. You power up one link, you power up all of the links. And basically you use that to control what shows up in Google for your name. That's amazing. So I would like to dig into that a little further um, later in the podcast. But tell me about your remote team. How big is it? Where are they? What do they do? Okay, so my remote team, they're all over the world. I have about 40 link builders for SEO alone. For the rest of the stuff, I probably only have the stuff with 10 to manage all my companies. And where are they in the world? So they've got China, we've got Russia, we've got Philippines, we've got Serbia, we've got Europe, and we've got one other one in Australia. Amazing. What are some of the challenges that you've found in having a team that's distributed like that? When I first started it, and I found people from non-English-speaking countries, it was getting them on the same page with the English because the English isn't as clear. And then also the culture is very different. So really it was about the culture, in my opinion, is making them understand that 
this is what I, I'm not saying it to be mean to them because they would take offense to certain things. Whilst in England and America, it's not really offensive. And how did they take that? <laughs> <laughs> they took it, um, at first they found it hard to adjust. And for example, they, in the Philippines, I'm still trying to train them. But that's to call everyone, or even Asia, actually, as a whole, sir, madam, whatever, who's ever in charge. I'm like, look, I don't have to be called sir. It makes me feel uncomfortable to call me image. And yeah. to them, it's like a thing that like, you're the boss, we can't do that. I'm like, no, no, it's different. You're working with me. We are all here to win together. See, that's super interesting. Those little nuances are so interesting to me. And I'll get some notes from people across the world that'll say, hello, dear. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you can't call me dear. I'm not your dear. But, you know, apparently for them, that seems to be fine. And then, hello, sir, or hello, ma'am. We're much more casual over here than, than over there. So that's that's very interesting. So what are some of the advantages that you've noticed having your team being all over the world? So one thing is, I don't have to pay the health insurance, which is a con, in my opinion, in the United States. The other thing is, when I have it bored and remote, it basically is cheaper way cheaper for the same task and to them it's a lot of money but for my company it means way more profit as well so it's a win-win yes yeah because i'm gonna put it this way in china and the philippines 500 dollars a month might seem not like a lot because we are in america but there it goes by so far it's like earning let's say ten thousand a month here oh man i was in bali for a couple months and one of the locals there I was talking to that over in the States, if you are a senior developer, you can make up to $125 an hour. And he was telling me that some people there, it's a good life if you're making $125 a month. Exactly. It's, that's just amazing. So it's really a win-win for everybody involved. So what kind of tools are you using to keep everybody on the same page? A lot of people say Slack. Are you using Slack or is there anything else that you're using that? I never use Slack. Um, I think it's still called ClickUp is what I use. It's like Basecamp, but way better. And the reason I like ClickUp is is because it allows me to monitor how long they're taking to do a task. Because then I know if they're messing around or if they're actually doing things. So it, do you screenshot their computer and everything? I'm not actually sure if it um, screenshots the computer. I never looked at it that much. My project manager takes over that. But what I do know, it time tracks it and I can keep an eye. Because some of these people, before I got my excellent team for the links, they would take way too long and want way more money. I'm like, no, 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 no. So this allows me to keep an eye on the time and what it should take. Because I know the average across the entire board. Right. So, you know, a lot of people that I talk to on this podcast talk about the amount of time that they invest in hiring. Because it is so difficult to find find good people, but to really suss them out when you're not sitting face to face with them. So what's your hiring process? So what I like to do is I like to do video calls with everybody. Mm-hmm. I want them to consider it for not video call to start with. And so that eliminates about 20 to 30 percent of the applicants because like, we don't want to do video calls or we don't have good internet or find exclusive. And I don't give them a second chance. I'm like, you knew what's going to happen in the podcast was going to have um, this interview is going to happen there. Mm-hmm. You need to have it. Of course, if there's a storm, like a hurricane or a typhoon, or you want to call it, I'll make an exception because that's not in their control. But pretty much anything else, they already know to be on time, to know exactly how to have good internet. If they don't, then I can eliminate them. So that will also eliminate another about 20% for me. So now I'm down to 50% of the applicants. Then what I do is, is I have a little questionnaire, and there's a little questionnaire. I, and this is how I pay all my employees, actually, is I swapped everything over about six months ago to where I pay them a fixed salary, and I give them bonuses. Okay. And I tell my employees that you can work four hours a day you can work 16 hours a day you're getting paid the same my thing is i want you to get the job done 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people complain about it. I'm like, look, if you do four hours of work a day, you get the same job done. I'm willing to pay you more. But if you were being distracted, lazy, why should I pay you more? Because you weren't doing the job properly. So that eliminates a lot of people for me as well. Now I have a small applicant at this interview, and on whoever I feel is the best, um, based on the interview questions I have, I will put them in the second round and have someone else interview them as well with me. And so how do you decide in that second round? Do you give them a project to do? Do you give them like 90 days? So what I do is in the second round, I will basically narrow it down to three people. And then on the third round, I will narrow it down to one person or all three, if I need all three. But basically what I want to see is in that 90 days is I will ask them more difficult questions than personal questions. I want to know what's going on in their personal life because what's going on in their personal life and what they want from their own personal dreams will allow me to determine if they're fit for our culture and company anyway. Because everyone wants, can interview well, but then when they're getting employed. The thing is, I want to know, I always say this, if you try to chase the cat, the cat will run from you. If you give the cat what they want, it will come to you. Mm-hmm. So I want my employees to come to me and stay with me. And if I know what they want, I can give them what they want. It's the same with networking. They will say, I will get what I want back from them. So that's really interesting. So how are you creating culture between your team members now? The way I create culture is I tell them, look, I make them do goals with me every single week. And I'm like, this is the goal of business goals. What are your personal goals that you want to achieve as a result of this? And I said, look, if you can exceed these, I'll get help you towards these goals in my own time. And basically, I reward it based on whoever puts the most effort in. So I, I drive it very competitive. Wow. So you are telling them that if they meet the goals that they've set for themselves within the company, that you'll help them with their personal goals that they've set up. They have to exceed it, not just wow. to meet it. They have oh, to exceed okay. it. And but- I will only give it to four people for a reason at a time of a week wow because i want to drive that competition up because if you're not driven when you when you're on the pool what are some of the things that they want to work on like a couple examples well some people a lot of my employees have family so they want to spend more time with their kids and they want a better life for their kids mm. so i will teach them how to use money and basically use it to make that money go further and how to negotiate for example that's interesting and so I'm um, like, you can negotiate for whatever you want and get a better quality of life for your kids and for yourself, including the schools that you want to go to. How to even think about how to position yourself, even because not everyone has the budget to get to the nicest clothes. I'm like, here's how you can get nice clothes, but no one can tell the difference on. And you can still create that image that you need. So simple little things in life that they really care about. Because everybody seeks validation. And even my employees, I find them like, what income level are you at? From the bottom to the top, everyone wants validation. And as long as you can help them do it, it will happen. You're going to stay loyal. Yes. Right. I've never heard anybody on the podcast talk about that before. You know, they talk about their Slack channels and talk, you know, they talk about, you know, talking about their pets or Game of Thrones or anything like that, but actually helping them achieve goals, even if they're small, like you said, like, you know, how to get better clothes or want to learn how to manage their money better. That's a really powerful way to, I guess, compensate them. Yes. And even like if they want a new car, I can say, look, okay, how much is your car? It might be a hundred bucks a month. I'm like, if they consistently outperform and exceed and win, I will even pay for the car. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because it's convenience for them. Yeah. Or I may give them free internet for the year. It can be little things to improve their quality of life. So they might be paying for, let's say, a one megabit connection. I might pay for a 10 megabit connection. And that might cost me 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. But it makes it not only because they have proven they're a good worker, but they just have a thing. I can give them something to make their life more convenient and make their life better. It makes their personal life better and my, their business life better. I find ways to improve their quality of life. That's great. So what kinds of things have you seen come from that in terms of your business? One is the loyalty and retention because at the end of the day, what happens is people want to, and we're going to find someone who's going to win and help them with the goals. 
They're not going to. Mm-hmm. So by doing these little, putting this extra effort in, and creating this system of culture of drive, the one who is willing to go beyond is the one who's going to win. So there's law called law compensation. It's the ability to get paid for the amount of value you give back. The more they give value, the more we're going to get rewarded back. And it's really is what I believe is why they love working at my company and why they stay there. That's really amazing. And so you and I have known each other for a while, and the thing that you always tell me that you love the most is connecting people. And so is that a skill that you're teaching your team? So I know we speak about connecting a lot. Mm. Connecting things, sometimes I connect people to other people. Other times I connect people to other things. At the end of the day, people have dreams that they want to achieve. Like no one wants to connect to someone else because they want to connect to someone else. They want to connect it because they want to create a way to make their dream happen and, someone, their, and their person's dream. Well, I teach people how to connect even to whatever they want. Yes, I'll teach them how to use language patterns. Whatever they want, their goals, I will help them get to their goals and connect them to what it is. That's really interesting. And so what is it about creating your own personal network that really drives you? Opportunity. Honestly, it's the greatest thing in life is opportunity. At the end of the day, you can have all the skills in the world. And if nobody knows what you do, then it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. And not only do they have to know what you do, they have to trust you that you are best at what you do. Because mm-hmm. if they don't trust you the best, no one wants to work with someone the second way. So tell us a little bit about some of the times when you've had to deal with a really like sticky situation in having a remote team. Has anybody on your team ever done something that made you have to take a step back and maybe rewrite some policies or processes in your business that we can learn from? So with processes, yes. What happens is, so I've taught you this before, the escape and arrival framework. Mm-hmm. And I'm very big on it. And I'm like, okay, if there's something that's missing in that framework, it would build me out. Let's redo it. And here's how I train and hire people very, very fast up to speed. I create, not only do I create the checklist of what we have to do step by step, I'll create screenshots and videos walking through how to do it as well. So that means anyone can learn, go in and learn how to do the exact job perfectly. Mm-hmm. So processes, yes, over time, things change over time in business. Like, for example, I might change my payment processor, which happened recently. That means the way that they will send the links out and get pay, um, keep an eye on the payments, where it flows and the clients are keeping online the renewals, it'll be different. Mm. That's fine. I don't mind. It's just it's business of growing pains. It's or not necessarily growing pains. It's just it's just depending on adjustments. I like to call it adjustment pains. Because uh-huh. sometimes it's not even help me grow. It's just I like it better. Because for example, I don't like using PayPal always, so I could some for paywall. And I could have kept PayPal. I just changed to paywall because I wanted to. I think that when we have a team that's distributed, our communication has to become so much more clear. And there's so many ways that we can communicate, video calls or videos or, you know, the written word or audio messages. Are you using kind of that 360 approach to communicate with everyone? I always do video calls and I always do videos. Videos to me is the best way to do it. I like to walk everyone through every single step. It's way easier to use the video than putting written and people can be like, I didn't think you meant this. Well, now it's clear on video. I said exactly what I meant, step by step what I meant. Mm-hmm. You cannot argue otherwise. Again, that's me being a control freak, though. <laughs> so what makes having video calls so powerful to you? 
because one when you speak on audio you don't get to see the body language i like to do video calls and i like to do in-person meetings and that's for everything because you can now your body language is there and they can see and you can adjust it accordingly like if i don't go into a formative um body language or if i can go into relaxed more of a friendly approach i can change it a lot easier by reading their body language too mm-hmm. because also the accents are different and the tonality is different so i can't always read the tonality the way i can read well that native english speakers tonality right and you can read their face Yes. I get it. So what kind of advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about bringing on a remote worker or a remote team or taking their current team and making them remote? The key is, is to keep them accountable. And I really would say the number one piece of advice is expect the standard for to create a criteria of who are your all-star employees and then create the exceeded standard as well. If it's exceed, you want to reward them. Mm-hmm. And basically, my guys don't meet a minimum standard. I want to pay them for the week's work. One of the conditions that I have when I hire people. And it sounds cool to most people, but I'm like, look, and let's say you have a, a real genuine emergency, like their kids in hospital or their husband or wife is in hospital or whatever, they have no reason not to do the work. And so if they if they've been lazy, but they want to do it or whatever, well they're never getting paid by me. <laughs> well I'm not paying them to be a bum or to do half the work. I it's like, I find it funny like a lot of people talk about Oh, I helped you build this, but I quit halfway, but I still want half of all the money that you made, despite me quitting the project halfway through. I'm like, no, you don't get it. You finish it, or you don't get anything. And how's that worked out? Fantastic for my employees. It was harder to fit to find the right employees to agree to that. But now that I do it like that, it's way better quality. Really? Because I always tell people, look, there are two types of people in life. Those who will do what is necessary and will deserve their pay. And those who want to be bummed and deserve handouts. What kind of person are you? And they say, we always want to driven. Okay, so what's the problem then? And they said, there is none then. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Then what's the problem? You're right. Is there anything else that you would want our listeners to know when having a remote team that you could impart any wisdom? The main thing is, is to create videos and screenshots along the checklist, right? Because otherwise you have to keep training each employee. I'd rather have them go through a membership portal, watch the videos, you can keep track of it, or what they watch, and then have the screenshots so it's easy for them to do it. So a better onboarding process. Yes, my onboarding process is really rock solid in my opinion. The point is, I know exactly how much they watch and make sure they watch all of it before they go to the next module. Mm. Why? It's important. Yeah, <laughs> so that they learn it. Yeah, so tactically, the onboarding process, making sure that you're not training people in the same thing over and over again, because who has time for that, A. But B, also to invest in your employees' dreams, essentially, is what you're telling me. Yes, and the first thing is I like to improve their skills as well as my own. I learn one new skill a month, and it sounds crazy to most people, but I believe that if you stay in your lane, 10 years down the line, your skill could be redundant. Mm. And second thing is, the only reason I can network the way I network with billionaires, 1,500 companies, 1,500 CEOs, or whatever I want, is because I create new skills, so I know how to understand and analyze different things from different angles. Yeah. Because once I get my foot in the door, and I can create trust, then there's ways for me to now get the, the rest of the business. And I have my employees do most of the work for me, so I need them to learn the new skills as well. That's interesting. Well, I know. I mean, you and I have talked so many times, and we've talked about projects that you have going in construction, and you are actually deepening your knowledge on Pinterest right now and talking to 
investors and raising capital. So you really do practice what you preach. You really do that. <laughs> I can vouch for you. Thank you. Yes. But it's the only way I believe in life you can live. If you really want to have a good team that and hit your dreams, your dreams come at a price. And your price is you have to be willing to do what others are not willing to do. And it's the same for your employees. At the end of the day, there's only so much as one person can do. So your employees are going to be the foundation of hitting your dreams as well as that. But the same goes, don't build other dreams, build your, um, your own dream. I think that's wrong. You used to be having other people build your dreams. I used to be built helping people connect their dreams with your dreams so you both win. Yeah. Your job is to be building the connection between the people helping you build your dream and your dream. That's simply the person, a true entrepreneur, in my opinion. I agree. Well, awesome, Emmy. As usual, lovely to speak with you. And I learn so much every time. <laughs> so I'm really excited that you were able to join me today on the podcast. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it as well. That's it for this episode of Running Remote. Thanks for joining us as we dive into the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. We're a very small team behind this podcast, so if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share this episode with a friend. And definitely check us out at runningremote.com. Until next time.